Welcome to Making Movies is Hard, a podcast about the everyday struggle of being an independent filmmaker. I'm Timothy Plain. And I'm Art Purcell. Uh, this week, we have a guest on the show, so I'm going to cut our intro short and just jump right into it. A few episodes ago, we talked about what kind of guests we wanted on the show, and for some reason, that invited a, a flurry of emails, people thinking that we were asking for guests. One of the those requests, or I guess just kind of like... It's not really a request. What did Kyle say? Kyle just well, said, hey, I don't know if this makes any sense, but yeah, we, maybe I would be a good guest. We should back it up, though, because, I mean, I know we should let t- Kyle talk, but uh, he first emailed us probably like weeks before that with his short film oh, just yeah. to show us his movie, and we both really liked it. And then and then later after that episode, he was like, ah, just thinking, guys. Like, And then he told us this great story in an email, and then here we are. So I think without further ado, I think Kyle should start talking. <laughs> hey Kyle, welcome. What's up, guys? How you doing? Doing good. So Kyle McCauley, is that how you say your last yes, name? Yes, McCauley. Yep. All right. Like the Home Alone kid, right? Oh yeah, McCauley. <laughs> Spelled kid. differently. So, mm. Kyle has a movie called James, and it's really good. You guys should, if you haven't seen it, probably just pause the podcast right now. Go watch it. What is it? Like ten minutes long? Uh, yep, eleven. Eleven oh one. Good length. It's a story about a kid with the active imagination there's really cool visual effects in it it reminds me a lot of uh ready player one cool thanks yeah That's a- well i didn't read that book all, all i know <laughs> but but yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's like a, a merging of real life with like kind of video game life yeah i think people should just watch the movie we'll, we'll put it right here so that you can just click and then and then go and then yeah also it has a staff pick too on vimeo so that's another reason to check it out um so, Kyle, what's up with you, man? Where where did you come from? Where did you grow up? Why did you start making movies? Tell us just a little bit about yourself. Yeah, sure. Um, well, I grew up in a suburb of Boston. Um, I was making movies just with my friends for a really long time out there. And then uh, moved out to L.A. after going to school at Emerson College. It's in Boston, too. And I moved out here with a couple friends and the goal was always to be a director, but um, been doing visual effects and motion graphics stuff on the side for like the last nine years. And James was kind of the culmination of all the stuff I had learned doing the post stuff, doing visual effects and motion graphics and saving all the money to even shoot it. And uh, you know, I just wanted to put in everything that I could to show I don't know anything that I could do as a director and hopefully get people's attention with it. So nice. So right after you graduated college, you're like you and your friends, just like let's go to LA and we're gonna go kickstart our careers. Yeah, I mean that was basically always the plan. It was it was a master's program. It was a two year program. Our plan was always to just come to LA when it was done. And we were in LA the semester or the summer between the first and second year for an internship program. And uh, we interned at a, yeah, a commercial production company called, it's called Furlined. It was a... Oh, yeah, I know those guys. Oh, you do? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we get to be on commercial shoots and learn about that stuff. And I <laughs> I quickly realized that I did not want to be a PA on commercial shoots. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. It's a weird feeling. It was... It was because you get to see what it's really like and how much, um, I don't know, I guess how much work it really takes from being a pay- PA to getting to do anything interesting on the shoot. So I was like, that that just doesn't seem like a, a good path for me. And I don't know how much I'm actually going to learn by doing that. Mm. So, yeah. Um, yeah, the motion graphics, so that was the, the way out of that, <laughs> the way to actually get my hands on like learning something and um, having something to show for it, I guess, too, because you could take the pieces that you worked on, build a reel, stuff like that. So at the time, what was like, did you have a five year plan in place? Like, oh, I'm just going to do motion graphics for a little bit and make some films on the side and then kind of work my way into directing from there. Or were you just did you just give up on the directing route and just be like, oh, I'm just going to do motion graphics and just see where it takes? Me? Um, it, it was never... I don't think I ever like fully gave up necessarily, um, but there was definitely, I don't know, a couple of years stretch where I had totally lost direction on what I wanted to do. And 
I was just kind of coasting and I was working for this one company and I really didn't like it, but I just needed the money. So, and they were, the, the, the money was decent and the, the company itself has a really good name. So it was something that I thought was worth doing. And I remember after the first week of being there, I think my booking was for like a month. Uh, they called me when I got home on Friday at like, and I was home at like seven or something and they called me and they were like, Oh, do you want to come in this weekend and work on this other thing? And I was, I was, I really didn't want to go work there that weekend. And <laughs> I, I said, no, um, even though there was no reason for me not to, I mean, I, I didn't have any plans and I, I mean, I could have used the money. And after I said, no, I made up my mind that, that was when I was going to figure out what I was going to shoot. And I started working on the script for James that weekend. And actually, I think I had a first draft after that weekend because I was so, I was just so fed up with that as my life. And mm -hmm. I knew that if I just kept doing that, I was going to be wake up one day and be 40 and never <laughs> have done anything. <laughs> so I was like, you got to get a move on. So that's, that's what started everything rolling, basically. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, because I feel like I can really relate to this idea of like, you, you just kind of stumble into something. And you just kind of go forward on that path for a while, and you get a little lost in it. Like I've been at the, the advertising agency that I'm at right now, I've been there for like coming up on 13 years. Oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, the good thing about it is that i I didn't start as a producer there. So it really felt like there's a lot of momentum like building up in my career while I was there. So really in, in the production aspect of my job, I've only been like producing for about like six or seven years. Um, so it's never really felt like that long of a stretch, but I see like, you know, you have having done nine years of motion graphics and visual effects, I can, I can totally relate to that. Just like being kind of swept away in it. And then eventually just waking up one day and be like, what am I doing? Mm -hmm. Like, how is this, how is this getting closer to what I always wanted to do? And the reason I went to college for it. Yeah. And that's for me, it's like the spirit machine was that movie and like the spirit machine is very similar to James, I feel like, and in, in terms of like ambition and like the quality of mm -hmm. it. So like one of the reasons I'm excited to talk to you is because I feel like there's a chance that my experience when I release Spirit Machine is going to be similar to your experience releasing James. And hopefully I can learn from it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, hopefully, I mean, I, I, I have no idea why anything good really happened with my movie so I, it, <laughs> I I really hope it happens for you but um it's just it's so like there's so many times when I'm on Vimeo and I'm looking at my feed and I'm seeing something like one of the people that I follow something they've liked and it's this awesome thing that uh, it's like, why isn't this staff picked? Why are there all these <laughs> awesome things that don't get staff picked? And it's like, why how did I, you know what I mean? It just seems so, it seems so random in a lot of ways. Whether yeah, it's or not, arbitrary yeah, and it makes no sense. Yeah. I mean, not that, yeah. I, I mean, I don't think that I didn't deserve it necessarily, but um, it, it just the odds, the odds seem very long just because of how much stuff is getting put out and how much really good stuff gets put out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When I released strange thing and I was like hoping for, for a staff pick, I remember like looking at the staff picks, you know, um, every day just to be like, okay, what's going on? What's going on? And then just seeing that, like they would staff pick like videos from SNL or like videos with only famous people <laughs> or whatever. And just be like, what right. the fuck? Yeah. Like you're just staff picking things that don't even need to be staff picked. Like yeah. mm -hmm. this is bullshit. And so <laughs> when I, you know, heard your story and and you heard that you got a staff pick and all that stuff, I was like, oh, that's awesome. It's like one of us getting a staff pick. This is great. You know, mm -hmm. like this doesn't happen um, as often as it should. I don't think, you know. Yeah, that's funny. I, I did the exact same thing as soon as I, because I, I had James under password for a really long time. Because it's been up for like a year almost, or actually over a year. What am I saying? Um, and I was, I just scoured the staff picks every day, and I'd just be like, oh. And I, I used to email my friends all the times, like, look at this thing, like this thing got staff picked. 
Like, why, why haven't I gotten staff back? <laughs> but it's like, that's just a terrible attitude to have, I feel like. Yeah. It, it just like, there's no reason for me to be upset at somebody else's success. I mean, everyone's success <laughs> is, is, is good. There's nothing, it's not like there's a piece of a pie they're taking that I can't have. There's, there's, there's plenty to go around. So, um, that's right. such a good point. I'm so glad you brought that up. Why can't people just be happy for each other? Yeah. It's like, I feel like the same kind of thing happened with Ghostbusters too. It's like, no one wants Ghostbusters, the new Ghostbusters to succeed for some reason. Yeah. It's like, just let it be what it is. Some people like it. And it's like, let's just congratulate each other on on the success that we have and not, I don't know why people are so bitter sometimes. Yeah. I, right. I don't, I, I mean, <clears throat> I guess I sort of understand just because I was doing it, but. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I was, you know, I, I can see that that was just a, a total waste of time. And um, if there's actually one thing that I, I have learned in the the meetings that I've been taking that I'm sure we'll get to later, but um, they always tell you that anyone having success, especially somebody who's coming from the world of shorts and has gotten something in development, like that's always a good thing for people like us because that oh, it's, yeah. all, it's it's just providing a model for people to understand like, oh yeah, like it's like this guy who did this thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's, it, there's no, there's no reason that you would ever want a movie to fail because anything that makes the movie industry more robust and just doing better financially is just, that means people are going to be more willing to take risks and that means it's easier for you to get your thing made it's just always a good thing when people go to the movies, regardless of what the movie is. Well, I was talking about this with a friend of mine a while ago, and I was like saying, like, well, why shouldn't we support each other? Like, why why would it be a bad thing if, you know, someone else got, like, you know, a movie made and, and you didn't or whatever? And it's like, well, you know, if, if that person gets a movie made, then, like, you know that's one less mo- one less person who's going to make my movie. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, that's not really true because, you know, I mean, I think it's more like if, if someone, if one of, if any three of our movies get made or whatever, or we're successful, it just makes it easier for the other two to be successful because yeah. it's like, like you were saying, it's like that model that you can point to and like, you know, oh yeah, young indie filmmakers are making good and being successful. Like, like the worst thing that could happen is if one of us got a chance and and fucked it up mm-hmm. and then it would be like oh well we're never trusting anybody like that again yeah you know? exactly yeah. <laughs> well and also like i was putting together a business plan for haunted toy house and i had like a i think four million dollar budget that i was trying to put a business plan together for and so i was on websites looking at other movies that were made for four million dollars and there's not a lot. No. And that's the problem. It's like, if you can't put in a business plan that these movies that were made for $4 million made this much money, then there is no business plan. Yeah. So it really only benefits us if there's a bunch of movies out there that prove like, yeah, you can make a movie for $100,000 and make money. Yeah, you can make a movie for half a million dollars and make money. You know, whatever the price range is, if the only movies that are making money are movies that are like $30 million and above, then we're it's going to be really hard for us to, to get that movie. Yeah. <laughs> We're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think it really is like, let's, we need to support each other. And like the more successful movies that made at low budgets that get made and, and then are proven to make money, then that just makes it easier for an investor to be like, all right, I'll put my money into that. There's lots of people out there with money, especially in the Bay area, yeah. especially in California. Yeah. So it's just more about like convincing them to let their money go and, and take the risk. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. just want to see the, it's so much easier to describe something as it's just like this movie or it's just like that movie. And that, that it, it just makes everything easier if you can do that. And like you're saying, if there's a, a movie whose budget was such and such amount and that's what you're aiming for, then that's always going to be an easier sell for everyone. Let's talk about your release of James. So after you finished it, or how long How long did it take you to finish it? Uh, I mean, I guess all in like three years, three and a half years. So three and a half years. And then did you have a plan to release it or did you have to figure that out after it was done? Um, well, I, I did have a plan, but the it got kind of got co-opted in a good way. Um, my... My original plan was that uh, I would just send it to Short of the Week and I was somehow convinced that they would accept it and then it would get on Short of the Week and then like... Right. That's called delusion. Yes, yeah, exactly. 
Wish, wishful thinking. <laughs> you have to delude yourself into believing what, it. What was their? Uh, did, did you ask for feedback? When, I did. Yeah. When you, and what was their feedback? Um, it was it was basically that they thought the visuals were really good, but they wanted more from the characters, and that the story was was familiar. I think Timothy, you you and I were talking about this through email when we first yeah. were in contact, and that was almost verbatim what they had told you. I think. Oh yeah, uh huh. I sent you the one that they sent me for loan. Yeah, that's and it was right. Almost exactly the same type of thing, where it's like, yeah, uh, the visuals are really beautiful, but the one thing that we look for at short of the week is story, and story is king, and like we just didn't feel like your story had enough depth to it. Yeah, yeah, that's. Yeah, that's basically what they told me too. Which is, I think, kind of bullshit because your story has a lot of depth to it. So <laughs> oh, I think that might you. that might just be kind of like a canned response that they have that you can't really argue with it, right? Yeah, I mean, that was the thing. It's like, well, I mean, I was trying really hard to to not make the movie like that. I, I really thought that there was character stuff in there. And I think uh, part of it is just the, the movie has very little dialogue and... It, it had a lot which is well, great yeah by the I, way <laughs> i i love I, that <laughs> yeah i like it too i i think that's especially for a short because um it, it, you're just the, the quality if you have a real if you're making a real movie and you have like ryan gosling talking to the camera sure have him talking like the like for an hour and people will still be interested because it's ryan gosling's on camera but you, you we're just we're just not we don't have that power when we're dealing with shorts and and actors that aren't A-list actors. It's mm-hmm, it's just right. much harder and the, you have to like craft it in a way where you're using other tools other than people talking to to make the movie interesting. At least that's what I think. I mean, there's definitely examples of shorts that I've seen online where they're like, you know, semi-professional actors. They they're probably SAG and they work in commercials, but they haven't nobody knows who they are necessarily and um they have like a long dialogue piece and it it can totally work but i'm not that good at writing (laughs) so it's not that's not going to happen i i needed to use other ways of making the movie interesting so um so you sent it to short of the week and they said no and then was your backup film shortage? Um, I didn't really have a backup, but after I put it online, I never actually sent it to Short of the Week because um, uh, my friend, he actually is a little bit younger. He moved out to LA um, a couple of years after I did. He was still in school, but he's somebody that my other friends and I had been making movies with since, you know, whenever. And his brother, as luck would have it, is an agent at a, a pretty big agency in LA and he was like, oh, just just send it to him and keep it at, under password. And oh, so it's just like it's online secretly at this yeah, point. Yeah. And you're, send, you're, and you're sending it to an agent. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think <laughs> I've okay. I think I finished it on a Friday and I was talking with him on the phone on that Monday. And he's wow. like, oh, yeah, you should come in and we'll, we should meet. And so I went in. I think it was, I can't remember if it was that week or the week after. And, um, I met with him and another agent and that's when like the, the whole thing with meeting with production companies and and all that stuff started. So what was that first meeting with the agent? Like how Uh, long did it last and what did you guys talk about? Sure. It was like, it was a, it was probably like an hour and a half long. Um, it was a bizarre thing, not in, in in a really good way. It was bizarre because you know, the, the agency is this giant building in Beverly Hills and they're like, oh, like, do you do you need anything when you like sit down for, for for them to come out? And it's in this like, I don't know, beautiful like office area. And we had our little meeting out on a patio thing and it's like overlooking like the buildings in like Beverly Hills. And it's like, what what is going on? This <laughs> Where is so am I? Rid- Yeah, exactly. Yeah, was- I had I had. um I was able to get into CAA one time to see like a screening of a film and it, and I had that kind of feeling of it just being so surreal. Yeah. Yeah. CAA, I think their building is like this ridiculous thing. It's Um, crazy. It's like, yeah, it's out of this world. And, and like wherever you were at, they have like a patio that you're looking out onto the city and there's like, it was nighttime and there's sparkling lights. And at, at that screening, there's, 
there's some celebrities there and you're just like, wow, I've entered into a, a whole different world. This is not something I'm familiar with at all. Yeah, that's that, funny. That it, it it was just weird. It was it was really cool though. Um and what did they talk to you about? Did they did they say anything on that first meeting about signing you? Yeah, it was never it's never like here's a piece of paper and you should read it over and like blah blah blah. It was just um they just were talking about the movie and basically questions like you guys are asking and like, where'd you grow up? Where do you go to school? What do you do for a living? That kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the, the guy who's my agent now, he, he knew most of that stuff. Cause actually I knew him, mm-hmm. um, from my hometown. We, we weren't like close or anything, but I, I knew who he was and he was actually good friends with my sister, which is kind of funny, but yeah, it was more, it was more like, oh, what what type of movies are you interested in making, and like, what do you see for like a feature version of James, and um, you know, just just things about what I wanted to do in the future, and it was just that question of what do you want to do. Who right. ever gets asked that question? Nobody, nobody, right. nobody cares yeah. what you want to do. And, <laughs> and, and, and this was before it was even staff picked or anything, right? This is just like, just when it's done, you sent it to this person that you knew, and then you're in this meeting. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. It's, it was basically like, yeah, it was the most ideal thing that could potentially happen from a short I mean, outside of some guy at a, a production company calling you and be like, we want to buy this and we want right. to do the feature. You know what I mean? Like it was right it, for, for me. That was like that was way better of a response than I could have ever hoped for. I just wanted some traffic online. But I mean, you <laughs> right. get you get the traffic online basically to, to get to the to that kind of meeting and yeah that's what we all hope for i felt so lucky it was such a lucky thing that's like the dream come true right yeah yeah yeah. i remember i remember the car ride back really clearly because i i like the dopamine in my brain was just like firing like crazy and i i just felt so happy i was so i was like oh my gosh like this is it like i'm like gonna get to make movies like that that's like yeah but huge but (laughs) (laughs) well so what happened after that meeting um well one more thing one more question about the meeting did were they looking at each other at all or like talking amongst themselves like to the side like i think we could sell this guy i think we could you know bring him to blah 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 studio and and set him up with like a 30 million dollar picture or something like that was there any talk about like what they thought they could do with you or were they just simply asking you questions um they didn't say 30 million but they they <laughs> they were that's that's really funny that you you asked that because that was almost like the exact kind of language that they were saying it's like oh yeah like like uh, this sounds like really braggy and i i don't even like telling you this but they're like oh yeah they're, they're gonna like love this guy in the rooms and uh-huh. um the idea was that we were gonna try and follow a chronicle model because chronicle was was like a 20 million dollar like you know similar ish tone story um right Mm -hmm. i was like oh well that that should make it easy because everybody loved chronicle and it Mm -hmm. did really well and like the guy was like a shorts guy and he that was his first feature and but you know that's (laughs) that was just me idealizing everything but at the end of the meeting there was that just kind of like the plan that you guys had set up it's like all right we're gonna follow the chronicle model let's introduce you to some people and you're gonna go pitch james to them um the james a feature film yeah it was it was more they were telling me that they had a list of companies and they they have contacts basically with everybody and they were like okay these are the places we're going to target and while we sculpt the the treatment for the feature, or while you do that, we'll set these things up and we'll send it out and we'll get back to you with like the response and see whether or not people are interested. And then people ended up being pretty interested, which is really great. And I, I had about, I think I told you guys it was 35 meetings. It was... Yeah. Um, the crazy thing about the story is that somebody's taking a chance on you just based off of the quality of your work. 
There's yeah. no other factor. You don't have like a bunch of Twitter followers or Facebook friends or mm-hmm. a bunch well, of views on your film, right? Or is that, am I wrong? Well, it's not only because of his film. I mean, you know, granted that's a big reason, but it's also because he had the connection with uh, with the the the, bro- the brother of the agent. You know, yeah, but that that doesn't mean that he has to help him out. Yeah, so I know, they but... saw and they saw an opportunity. I guess my point is is that despite him not having anything else besides this film to sell to to a production company or a studio like that's amazing that that's all you need it's like we've been talking a lot about like oh do you need the vimeo staff pick or do you need all these millions of views to convince somebody that it's worthwhile to even talk to you but Mm -hmm. it's like no if you just have like a quality film and you know the right people you can get into the rooms and you right. know, maybe, well, knowing maybe the right beyond people, that. I think is the is the big thing, right? Yeah, I mean, is a huge you know. thing, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I I would say that the short is being sent from from him to these people that he is, you know, he's talking to all the time about stuff, mm-hmm. and if it's sent from him, that means it's framed in a certain way where you know it's it's assumed it's at some level of quality that is worth watching, and I think just having that like you know bumps up the the attitude of somebody watching it because they they see that it's coming from an agent and that means that it's you know it's already at this level right. that's vetted ex- yeah right, right right yeah but he has to believe in it in order right. to do that that's that's awesome that he believed it even though you knew him he still believed in the film enough to put himself out there and put his name on the line yeah, I mean, I guess it's it's a combination of it was good enough to send around and it's, you know, it's coming from him and, you know, just a lot of different factors working together that, you know, ended up making it, um, I guess, work, making it do what I wanted it to do. So, yeah. Like if Kyle, if like you had sent the movie to those same production companies, like as a, like a cold email, like, (laughs) do you think you would have gotten any meetings? Oh no, no. Yeah. Nobody, (laughs) nobody, you know what I mean? Like they don't even have like the email to send it to. They have like the general, like whatever, but who reads those? They like, Mm-hmm. No way. Yeah, absolutely not. Nobody would have given right. a crap about it. All right. So then what happens that what happens next then? So we, you have the wonderful meeting, you know, there it's all the, it's the dream come true scenario. Then then what happens? Uh so, you know, I I can't remember how long it was before I started getting the meetings, but um it was probably a couple of weeks and you know, I just started going to these places and meeting with I don't know, just different kinds of production companies. Um, Some were bigger studio-based companies that were under some director or some producer, and they were doing, you know, just big, giant movies that I had no business ever being able to do right then. But (laughs) yeah, um, I think what happens is because people like my agent, they, they were willing to take the meeting you know, regardless of how good they thought James was as a movie, mm-hmm. or I think a lot of it is, is a courtesy thing. Right. But, you know, there were, I don't know, out of the 35, it was probably like 20 of the places were actually interested in James as an IP. But That's pretty good odds. Yeah. It, yeah, it, really good. It seemed like it was. Um, but I think what I've come to understand is it, it's it's always worth their time to take, you know, a half an hour meeting to meet with some kid about something, the upside for them is really high. So right. they could, you know, they could option the, the short and then make the movie and then the movie makes them whatever. And all it took was that half an hour to just mm-hmm. talk to me. So, Or even just to strengthen the relationship with the agent too. Yeah, you know? yep, yep. That's definitely part of it. Or... Or just establish some kind of relationship with me, even if they thought James was going to go nowhere. Maybe they saw something in it. They're like, oh, this guy will probably keep making stuff. And Right. Maybe you know, one of those future projects will be something that we need to have. And if we've already met with him and he likes us, then there's a better chance he'll work with us in the yeah, future. Yeah, that, that was definitely a huge part of it, I'd say. So, so going into these meetings, what did you think was going to happen? Um, they were pretty good about keeping my expectations down. And there was actually, there was one meeting, my agent had sent me the person's response after seeing it. And they were, they, 
it was it was really like an inflating thing because they were like, oh, this this could be like huge. Like, when can I meet him? Something, blah blah oh, blah. Wow. And uh-huh. I was like, <laughs> I read that, and um, she was actually, and she was uh, had started her own company, and she was an executive at uh, a pretty big company before that, and it just that was that was really encouraging. I was like, oh, great, this is awesome. And so I met met with them, and the meeting went pretty well. I I think. And, um, I had my little pitch down for what the feature would be. And, um, you know, we, we ended it with like, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to go meet with these other people first, but you know, we'll send you the treatment and blah mm-hmm. and see what happens. And I think what ended up happening is they wanted to option the IP, but they didn't want me attached as a director because, it would be hard to make the movie at the scale they wanted to make it with me attached as director. Right. Mm. As a first time. Right. And what would have happened if we had optioned it at that point is like, I get, you know, a story credit or something like that. And that's actually not a bad way to get your foot in the door, but yeah, sure. it's also, you know, it's, it wasn't ideal. And I, you know, we, we came to the determination that it's more, probably more valuable for me to hold on to it because it, I'm going to be the biggest advocate for the movie and like the, just mm-hmm. the property itself is, is only really valuable to me because number one, it's like the best idea I have and it's the easiest way to sell myself, <laughs> but it's also uh, like, it's really relevant to me and I'm the person who's going to be most passionate about telling the story in any other form. And if we, you know, option it to somebody else, then they'll probably end up changing it to something that suits their needs, which is totally what they should do. But it just, it just wouldn't make as much sense. It's like, this is like my thing. (laughs) And if I just let it go and it makes sense. I I understand what you're trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. But did you get as far as, did they make you an actual offer for the, for to option it or did it never get that far? No, it was, it was never like, I never saw like, papers or anything like that it was explained to them that you know if you were going to option it then i wanted to be attached as a director and Mm -hmm. at one point it was like okay well that's we can do that if we can (laughs) well actually (laughs) they they people were willing it was just that they had to get a screenwriter with mm. big credits attached. We need Michael Arndt on this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> before we'll be comfortable. <laughs> the, and at, at, at some point, there was there was one screenwriter they were trying to get attached who was who had done like a just like a giant summer movie, and I was like, oh wow, that would be crazy. But you know, getting that guy's attention takes a lot of effort. <laughs> and yeah i mean who knows if he was really going to connect with it or not so yeah i'm sure he would have connected to it if you offered him enough money well yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) exactly all the connection in the world right (laughs) right so going back to the the meetings that you had with the the producers was it like studios producer like what do we say production companies yeah mostly production companies most of them were either they had a, a first look deal with the studio oh, okay. or they were on the studio a lot. Um, so it's like when you look at a movie credits and it's like the, the big studio name, let's say it's like Sony Pictures. If you go like several production companies deep in those credits, like it would be like one of those. Yeah, it's like um, I, I didn't meet with Bad Robot, but it would be like Bad Robot. That's right. like the mm. easiest way I can explain it. Right. And, 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 but quickly, um, what, what did you, like, going into those meetings, like, what did you have? Like, what materials did you bring going into those meetings, these meetings with the production companies? Uh, I didn't have anything. I, I just had the words in your head. Yeah. That, and that's kind of the way you do it when it's not, because none of the meetings I had were, f- or none of, the, none of those meetings. I've had a meeting that was a formal pitch meeting, but, all of those others that we're talking about now were they were either described as generals or a general with a, like a focus on James as a property they were mm. interested in. It's so, almost like an informational meeting. Yeah, it's mm. it's meeting great. I had it described to me as the a couch and water tour because <laughs> you just <laughs> every time they're like, do you want water? And you're sitting on a couch and it's usually uncomfortable. But <laughs> that's um, funny. Yeah, Did they tell you to always take the water. 
Uh, no, I, it was funny. I never took the water because I was always scared. That's why you didn't get the deal, dude. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. That's you always it. take the water. Always <laughs> take the water. Oh, really? Yeah. Is that a thing? No, I water. don't know. I heard it somewhere. I don't know where I heard that. That's funny. But yeah. You get to pee a lot if you did that, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I never took it because I was always assuming that I would spill and then make a fool out of myself or just something <laughs> you, dumb. Cause you I, want to I, eliminate I, the variables to screw up. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, it's like <laughs> the first thing when you walk into the room, then the producer looks at you. They probably said, oh, did you need water? Because mm-hmm. they noticed you didn't have one. Yep. And then when you kept denying stuff, then they're just like, well, this guy obviously doesn't need us for anything. That's, he has everything he wants. I think that's exactly what happened. <laughs> <laughs> so what was the structure of these meetings? Like for half an hour, did they all kind of like take the same sort of shape? Like was like the first part of it about you or was it about the production company? Like how, what, what did you guys talk about? Yeah, that's mostly it. It was you know, general meet and greet stuff. And they'd ask me where I was from and, what I'm doing in LA and then they generally would give their little thing about what their company was and mm-hmm. um, what type of things they're interested in doing and then you know if they were there to or if I was there to talk about James specifically they'd ask me my little you know my 30 second thing about what the feature would be and mm-hmm. can we hear that um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't really have it anymore because the feature has kind of been put to the side. Um, but it, it was basically that the movie would start before he gets the brace. And this, for anyone who hasn't seen the movie, this isn't going to be really relevant. But That's right. Just imagine everyone's seen the movie at okay, this point. Yeah, if, if you guys have seen the movie. Um, so the kid has a leg brace and the idea would be you start the movie uh, with him getting the leg brace and you see his parents being like torn apart because of what's happening with the stress that's put on the family financially and like just time wise with the brace. And then the, the movie kind of shifts when he discovers he has this, it's, it's more of like a superhero origin thing where he discovers he has the, the powers that are kind of locked up in the brace and it's him kind of having fun with it and um, learning what the powers are. And then that's when the the bully character that's in the short, he comes in and the conflict starts with them and they get involved in this kind of like back and forth thing where James is using the brace and the, like the real world is kind of interfering with um, him progressing using his powers and stuff. And then in the end, it turns out that uh, James kind of, defeats the the bully but in a way where he sees that the it's not really the bully's fault that he is, is a bully and then mm. um james uses the powers to save uh, the character nate from a dad who turns out to be this like abusive father and that's where all the the bad stuff is kind of forcing nate to to be the way he is i'm doing a really bad job explaining it now but there's also a thing where the all the brace stuff all the the fantasy stuff is is um reflected in this cartoon that he watches and it's like Mm -hmm. the cartoon and the the real world are kind of like getting closer and closer together as the story goes along and then towards Mm -hmm. the end he's just like in this cartoon fantasy world and that's where him saving Nate from uh, Nate's father happens. And it's a, clearly it's a hard sell because I'm doing a bad <laughs> job selling it right now. But um, <laughs> it was tonally very similar to the short. And I think that's part of the reason why it was so hard to sell because mm-hmm. um, most people don't want to see a kid's movie or a movie with a kid that isn't a kid's movie. Right. And right. Yeah. It, that really wasn't, it would be something like Looper if the the kid and Looper were the main character. Or, right. um, although I I haven't seen Midnight Special yet, but I've heard that that's actually kind of the same thing, where it's mm. like a like a harder story where the kid is the focus. But I think even then, Michael Shannon is the the main character in that movie, so there really isn't a good comp, and that's not good mm. <laughs> if you want right. to sell. You can, it. You can walk into the media and be like, it's kind of like. And then you fill in the blank, and, yeah. like, and they already see like, oh, that movie made a lot of money. It was really popular. Yeah. Cool. Okay, yeah. I'm in. It's just like the thing we were talking about. It's it's just right. it's a hard it's a hard sell. So right. Yeah. So that's well, why we're for not... doing that. That was, <laughs> yeah. that was good yeah. to hear hear you try it. I know it's it's Absolutely. painful. Like 
pitching a movie is like one of the hardest things to do and oh, especially it sucks. distilling all those ideas into just like 30 seconds it is, just sucks not easy it totally sucks <laughs> I, mean, I can do a much better job with the thing we're trying to sell now but i'd rather not like put that out there yet because i don't know if it's failed or not but um <laughs> trying to keep it under wraps for now yeah yeah, no, that yeah. makes sense but that was that was actually part of the learning process is figuring out how to really hone that 30 second thing so that you keep people interested because you know that there are times i'm sure this happened while people are listening to me talking about it right then but you can see people's eyes just kind of lose interest <laughs> if you screw it up and right. because they hear this stuff all the time all they're, they're the time. just constantly hearing people explain their their stupid little movies and <laughs> right. uh, it's like why i i am i'm not somebody that is a, a talented pitch artist so mm. get good at pitching <laughs> that's that is a <laughs> really funny. useful skill and just be interesting in a room because if you can keep people's attention they'll believe anything and think think your movie is great even if it's stupid yeah. it sounds like you have a lot of theories on what went wrong or why people didn't buy off on this movie but you don't really know for sure right uh, you're just guessing no i mean i I'm pretty sure 99% of it is that there's no market for the movie. And mm. did your agent tell you that? Um not explicitly because I think he he wants me to like his job is to make me feel good about what we're <laughs> trying to do. And <laughs> right. And I I totally get that. I think that makes a lot of sense because if I am totally deflated and I think that I can't succeed then that doesn't advantage him. It, it's it's right. good for both of us right. for me to succeed. So he wants me to feel good about it. <laughs> right. And I, I don't think, I mean, I not that I was, I did myself many favors by my ability to pitch, but I don't think that was the reason. I don't think people are like, oh, this kid is just, he doesn't know what he's talking about. I think they were just like, that sounds cool, but we can't sell that. And we have the people that are, you know, funding their movies want to hear a certain set of words. And if it doesn't align with those certain set of words, then you're just not going to get your movie made unless mm -hmm. you find some, you know, <clears throat> person that's really interested for some super personal reason. And it just happens to strike that nerve with them. It's, it's really hard. It's really hard to begin with. And it's really even harder if your movie is what James the feature was. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like these questions we have on here. Like, you know, what did you think was going to happen when you went into these movies and uh, meetings? And then what actually, what actually happened? Like, you know, can you just give us a brief <laughs> sort of breakdown? Sure. Of, yeah. Of that. I mean, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't expect much. I, I didn't expect them to say, okay, let's like make this right in those meetings. Um, so I think they basically went exactly how I was expecting. The only variable was, how comfortable I was in the room and, you know, just what the vibe was like from the person. And I'd say like 99% of the people I met with were actually super nice people. And I think that's one thing that, you know, you, you have assumptions about what people in the movie business are like from movies, probably of all things. And, <laughs> right, you know, if you really want to make money, you should probably just go work for a hedge fund or something like that because, if you want to make movies, you have to actually care about it. And I think all these people really cared about it. Even if they weren't the one directing it or writing it, they, they wanted to be involved in the business. I mean, not that you can't make a lot of money, which you, obviously you can, but I don't think that's the main reason most people get into movies because there's a lot of other ways that are a lot easier to make money. And <laughs> right, right. A lot better gambles with money than movies. Yeah, it, it's a it's a tough business, and you got to really like them a lot and love mm -hmm. them if you want to make that your career. So I think that's an important lesson because I feel like we we often badmouth executives or producers just thinking that they're just after money and mm -hmm. like the market. Yeah, but I agree with you. I think that people are making the movies they want to make, and sometimes they they're just not the flavor of, of us indie people, but. I still think that they're passionate about it. Yeah, they they definitely care. They they all really seem to care. And they were all really invested. Like, you know, when they would talk to me about the things they're working on, they all seemed really excited about them. And 
that's that's really cool that that's what you would hope for so you know that's that's what gives me a, a bit of hope is that you know these people are really passionate about what they want to do and you know i really care about whether i get to make movies as a career or not so you know you hope that those interests will align in some way or at least mm-hmm. there's there's just a feeling that you know you can relate to these people and maybe that will help push your ideas forward yeah. So after the 35 meetings, did it just kind of like stop cold turkey? Your your agent just said like, all right, well, I have no one else to to introduce you to. Meeting's over. And is there like a waiting period that you're waiting to see if they're interested? Like you sent the treatment out to some people, right? Yeah. Um, it was the the main, like I've, I've still been taking meetings. Like I had a couple last week and. Okay, cool. Uh, um, so it's still ongoing. Yeah, it's like an ongoing thing. Because they're always making new contacts, my, my agents and like, um, actually I have managers too, and they have a whole other set of contacts. So yeah, the after the first wave, I guess you'd say the we sent the treatment to you know a select group of people who were not necessarily like, oh, these are the people that deserve it, but these are the people that were actually interested, mm-hmm. and um. You know, the, the feedback was basically what I've been telling you guys where, we, you know, with this, this is just a hard sell. I don't gotcha. think we can do this. And then one of the meetings went to like multiple, um, you know, there's like a phone call and then I met with him again. And then I met with him once more with the director that he works with all the time. And it was like the, the plan was, well, the plan, the, the hope was that that director would want to come on as a producer because he had just set up a first look deal with the studio. Mm. And, you know, if he's attached as a producer, then, you know, he did really well for the studio. So he's attached. That means that, you know, he has faith in me. And if he has faith in me, maybe that I'm I'm worth taking a little risk on. I mean, it it was probably more than just this, but he got really busy because he's working on this franchise right now. And, it's like he just doesn't have time to kind of shepherd me into the studio and do whatever. So so what's your next step? Like, how do you move forward past this? It sounds like it's not completely over. There's still hope that James might become a feature film in the future. But to give yourself the best chance at getting something made mm-hmm. and, and getting out of your current job into the director's seat... Do you think that you need to make another movie? Are you just going to keep pitching ideas? Like, what what's your business plan right now? Um, so there's there's a couple of things. So I, I would right now uh, the the James feature is completely on hold, and most likely that's not going to happen. And I'm totally fine with that. But uh, I've used the the overarching James thing. And uh, I have this pitch book together for a series. And we're trying to sell that with a couple of networks that, you know, people I've met with who have set up stuff with these networks and they have a model that they think James can fit into. And so that's kind of ongoing right now. I actually had a call with the guy yesterday Um and he was giving me feedback on the pitch book that I had sent him. And he, he had a lot of really good notes, a lot of um, interesting things and really insightful stuff for me to know what the people are, are looking for, what the, what the studio is looking for, um, or the network, I should say. And so, yeah, I'm working on that now. And actually, I wrote a feature for this other totally idea, uh, different idea that would be a much lower budget, you know, no VFX um, mm. thing. And mm-hmm. it, the, the hook is like kind of the structure of it. And that's still in, you know, I have the, you know, it's like the third draft or something like that done. Yeah. Has your agent read that? Um, yes. And there, you know, there's things that he thinks I would need to do to change it. And that's kind of ongoing right now. I, I work on that when I have some time. Does he think it's a hard sell to put you on a movie that has no visual effects when your short film is pretty heavy on visual effects? Yeah, I mean that's yes, yeah, that's that's a oh really interesting. Yeah, it, he he was emphasizing that like visuals are what's going to sell you because your short is is a is a visual thing and 
even though I have a script written and I, I like it, I, I, I think it's cool and it's something I would, would really like to make. It's me as a screenwriter is not, doesn't help. It's, it's something, it's a barrier more than an asset. And mm. the reason that I, I even wrote it to begin was, was so that I had something else that was lower budget. So if, if budget was a problem for mm-hmm. getting James done, then this would at least right. not have that as the main problem. Make a smaller risk. Right, right, yeah. I've heard, like, from having an agent and a manager from other people, or, like, just on podcasts or whatnot, that, like, sometimes they'll bring projects to you. Has that ever happened yet? Where he's like, oh, I have this script that needs to get made, like, you know, that you could maybe direct. Yeah. Like, yeah. Has that happened? Yeah, there's a there's been a couple things. Um, actually, a, a, I don't know, maybe three or four of the places I met with, they had a script or a, a book. And they're like, oh, well, we have this script or we have this book and we, we thought of you when we saw the short and we'd like you to take a look. And, you know, one of the scripts was this like really broad comedy, like it was basically like Smurfs, like the Smurf live action <laughs> thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and wow. I, I was like, I just, you know, nah. I don't want to do Pass. that. I mean, even if they like, <laughs> it just would have been a mistake like across the board, basically. It was just a just a bad idea. So I was like, no, no thanks. And then there was this other one where it was this it, it, like space thing. <laughs> it's like the, the script was really cool. Um, but I was just like, how, how are you going to convince anyone to give you the money you need for this with me attached? It just, <laughs> it just seemed like a, a really hard thing to do. And I liked it, but I wasn't in love with it or anything. So it's like mm-hmm. so you didn't you didn't want to jump on that either. Yeah, I mean, it just that seemed like a kind of a hopeless mission too. So um, it was really flattering that they thought of me, but um, I just didn't see how that was going to be helpful. So I yeah, I said, <laughs> That's said funny. Said no to that one, and then there was the script that was I don't think it wasn't on the blacklist. The you guys the, you guys know what the blacklist yeah. thing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, it wasn't on that, but it was like whatever the thing is below the blacklist where it's really the brown list. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was, so, yeah, it was, it was the brown list script, but uh, I thought it was actually really cool and I totally would have done it, but um, it would have been a thing where unless I was, that is the only thing I wanted to do. And it was like so interesting to me, which it wasn't, but I, I still liked it. It was like, we shouldn't bother pushing because it's going to, again, it's going to be hard to sell you on this because I'm not bringing, I don't bring anything to the table to these people as, as just like a straight up director without my short attached or without some special thing that the script has that relates directly to James. You feel like what makes you special is you. And like what, yeah, right, right. It's not like your technical skills. You don't feel are outstanding. That it's more about like what you have to bring story wise, and like the kinds of stories that you want to tell. Well, it's Am it's it's more right? like what they think. I mean, I mm-hmm. I think I could have done a really good job, but it's it it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's just whatever they think and what they can see immediately it's it, it, it can't be explained to them they have to see it right there it's like oh yeah well this guy did this and that's really good for us that he would want to direct our script so right um mm-hmm. right you gotta have some kind of something some ace in the hole some clout you know to bring to the table yeah you know something ha- and like for james it's like the visual effects mixed with the drama is like what you can bring to it right well that's what like i that's would tell it. them it's just i don't know if they would <laughs> care <laughs> <laughs> right right so w- given all the experiences you had like what does it mean for us, for people like me and Ulrich? Like, how is the business changing? What are the kind of things that we should be prepared with if we're going after the kinds of movies that you were talking to, to studios and producers about? And sure. Like, is there even a chance that we're going to get mid-budget films or should we focus our energy on, like, smaller films? Like, what, what would be your advice? Um, I would say, like, so right now, for me, I think the the most likely outcome that would be a positive one is that I get to do like a web series or some sort of series. 
Uh, and that is, I think, it's a viable option. And mm -hmm. there are companies out here, these digital platforms that want to do like serialized content that's like a you know 10 minute episode thing and they have budget and they have some money because they're all backed by these like they're basically back it's like companies that AT&T and Verizon and they they want to get in the content business and it's really a lot easier to convince somebody to give you you know a hundred grand for your five part 10 minute web series than it is for somebody to give you 5 million to do your first feature. And I, I think, you know, the, the mid budget feature thing is like, that's, that doesn't really even exist anymore. It's, it's either somebody is super interested in your idea and you struggle for years to get funding for it or you are making a big studio movie because you made something else and now you have 150 million to shoot your franchise thing. It's, mm -hmm. there's just no in between anymore. And unless you're doing like comedy, I guess, but that's like a whole yeah. other thing I don't understand. So what you're saying is we should embrace the short format. Yeah. Even more. Type thing. Yeah. Because that, do you think that's the future of filmmaking and that the features as we know it are just going to be kind of, tentpole movies i mean i who knows i i hope not i really hope not because i mean honestly i don't watch stuff like i don't watch web series i'm I, i'm just <laughs> it would be cool to make one because i'd get to direct and i'd get to be involved with it <laughs> right. but it's just not I, i'm not going to my phone to watch stuff i don't want to do that i'm with you i don't yeah. do that either so do you just think that like trying to get a $500,000 feature made through a production company or through any of these normal avenues is just not, that's just not what they're doing. People are like, don't see that as a, as a possibility, really. I, I think that's really hard. As far as I've come to understand, I think that's a really hard path. And it's mainly because where is the money coming from? And if it's coming from, you know, like, like an angel investor person that, really wants to make movies and is super passionate about your idea, then that's fantastic. But it, you know, it's just not likely to happen. And the, the web series thing, there's, I mean, I wish you guys could have been in the room with me at this one place I met with, because it's just hilarious. They have this like ridiculous office and there's just money just like everywhere. And all they're doing is like web content stuff. And they have this cool platform. And I guess, I guess there's a reason to be excited about their business, but right now is it's like it's just like a wild west type thing where right. nobody really knows if it's going to work, but mm -hmm. a lot of people are throwing money around at it and people like us who just have experience on the the short side who can do things that are impressive to people that can get people's attention in, you know, five minutes or whatever. They're taking meetings with people like us and they, they basically like, I, I met with this one company and they're like, Oh, so like, what would you like to do? Like, what are, what are ideas that you have for, you know, a web series? And if I could give like advice, I guess it would be have those ideas, have those, just have, just have like a, a list of like 10 log lines for things. If they're solicited from, you know, if you're able to get some kind of representation, they'll, they'll look at that stuff and you can get a bid based solely off a log line. I mean, it's, it's still a web right. series, but there's stuff out there and don't, don't spend too much time on one thing because that's what I did. And not that it's, because what I did didn't work means you shouldn't do it. It's just, I don't, I think this is just a, a an example of where it can go wrong. You just have, have your short thing, have a, an overall idea of, of where the story could go and have a lot of them, have a lot of small ideas because if, if they don't, if you have somebody's attention and they don't like 
the only thing you've been working on for like a year, even though even it doesn't matter how good your thing is, there's a chance that they'll be like, okay, what else do you have? And if you don't have anything else, then you just missed your shot. Yeah. How about this? How about this? Exactly. Oh, you don't like that? How about this? And make sure it can be a, yes, a web series yes. too, right? And, you know, make sure it's not and a don't, feature only. Yeah, and I wouldn't even worry about thing. like formatting your idea so that it, it just screams web series because it, they're always going to change stuff once it gets picked up anyway. What you want to do is the... It sounds like I'm being lazy, but I think this is the smart way to do it is uh, do the minimal amount of work you need to, to make your idea viable in any way. And don't worry about like, okay, well, here's the pilot. I have, I wrote the pilot or like, I wrote like the whole like arc of the story, like the series, <laughs> like just have an idea because you want to get to the point where they're paying you to figure out those details. To write it. Yes. You, you, right. you don't want to waste your time coming up with all the things that you can put into it and them just saying no you you want to be paid to come up with all that stuff when you know yeah. they're gonna say yes yeah that's great advice well, I like I, that. you know, and i kind of feel like you know any movie movie idea i have for a feature or anything like i think it all could be turned into a web yeah, series totally you know, like I, like I, I think I can understand in my brain how to break that down. You know, yeah, I don't think it's that hard to do it, and I, I don't. I guess the other thing is, like, I really never cared about anything other than directing a feature movie. Like, I didn't want to do any other. Like, I didn't want to do a web series. I didn't want to work on like a show, even if it was like a network show with money and everything. I just wanted to do a movie because that was the. It was just the that was the medium I understood, like or the format I understood. That that's bad. <laughs> don't don't get married to that because the goal is to to just work on a story and be paid to work on your story and be paid to direct something. And you can always do a feature after, but if you get the credits, if you get the stuff under your belt then that will only help you. So I would say just don't be married to the idea that you only want to do features because that's that's the hardest path you can possibly take. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. And not I'm that we don't now. know that already, but, you know, it's there are other things that you can do to make money and be and yeah. get yeah. to make stories. I mean, stories. you're right. Like, it would be just exciting to be paid to direct no matter what it is. Exactly. Like, I feel the same way about commercials. It's like, yeah, exactly. it wasn't what I wanted to do, but now that I have the opportunity, it's pretty cool. And it's still an exercise of the talents that I have, and it's all building up towards what I really want to do, which is feature films. But if I were to say no to it, it would be kind of like passing on some really great opportunities. Yep. I think yeah. that's exactly right. And if you look at at like who we are from a perspective of an outsider, like an agent, a manager, or a production company or something, I mean, what we've done is short format mm-hmm. stuff. So we're already like we're already in that world. So why not monetize yeah. that? Yeah, right? I mean, like you the know? shorts to make money model has kind of it, it, now it's you can do a web series. Like that's that's the thing that it's evolved into where you can. If you want to make money still making shorts, it's it's really the only way you can do it. But I wouldn't I wouldn't make like I don't know like it just it seems like trying to make your own web series um, independently doesn't necessarily seem as viable because mm-hmm. I've seen like a lot of people who've done that and then you know they don't have a, a platform so they just get like a couple hundred hits or even a couple thousand hits each episode and then it's like there's two years gone. Yeah. But I feel like if you can get paid to make the web series through a company. Mm-hmm. Ah, that seems great. Yeah. You know, sign me up. <laughs> yeah, man. yeah. I mean, you know? that yeah. exists. You know, you take your shot. You like, I, I mean, I, I want to talk. I spent like three and a half years on James, but <laughs> you, you gotta, you gotta give them something that makes them believe, and then hopefully, you only have to do that once. And if you can, right. if you can do that, you, you that's pretty, that's pretty good. <laughs> it's. It's the, yeah, that's an accomplishment. That's, but that's you know that's funny because like you know I think what happened to you is sort of what we both like everybody wishes or hoped would happen to them. Like you know like when yeah. I made Strange Thing, I was like oh yeah I'm gonna make a short film. It's gonna like do really well, and then I'm gonna get meetings with agents, and then I'm gonna be off to the races, and mm-hmm. I'm gonna be a professional filmmaker. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. you know that didn't happen. Yeah. Um. You know it was just like oh, but I mean, but. 
a lot of great things had did happen, you know, and I didn't think I, I don't think I realized how great they are until way later, you know, mm-hmm. like getting 50,000 hits on a short film, I think is like, you know, yeah, that's as crazy. proven, yeah. it's really hard to do, especially yeah. without like a staff pick <laughs> or without anything, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like getting, getting the agent meeting is like, you know, that, that like kind of fell in your lap in a wonderful way. Mm-hmm. But I think that is what's really challenging is to get mm-hmm. into that, those doors. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks Kyle for coming on and sharing this experience. It's been really fascinating to hear how it all unfolded for you. And yeah, like Ulrich said, like this is what we dream about. This is exactly what I wanted to happen when I started making Spirit Machine four years ago. Mm. And to be honest, a little disheartening to hear that just because you get the meetings doesn't mean that something necessarily pans out. Mm-hmm. But it also gives me hope that if it can happen for you, it can happen for me. So Yeah, yeah. I guess the bottom line is like you just have to just keep really working at it. And I, I've kind of figured that out the hard way. So um, yeah, don't ever stop coming up with stuff. <laughs> don't ever stop working. If you want to make movies, just, just keep, keep trying. Keep doing it. Yeah. Um, so shall we plug Kyle's stuff? Yeah, check out his movie James on Vimeo. And Kyle, where can people find you? Uh, I, I just have, I mean, I, I'm not active on social media really at all, but, Boo. um, yeah, I know <laughs> I'm old, so I don't, I didn't, I felt like I just got passed by by that stuff, but, um, should people go to your website yeah, and write I mean, you if I, they want to say that they were inspired by the show or anything? Yeah, sure. The, my website is just uh, my name, kylemccauley.com. Um, it's a portfolio website. It's got a lot of, well, it has all my motion graphics stuff on there too. And there's actually, uh, there's a blog that I wrote while I was working on James um, that just kind of details everything while I was working. I posted probably like every two weeks or something like that. So if, if you see the movie and it's at all interesting to you, um, you can listen or read my bullshit for <laughs> those like two years <laughs> that I was blogging about it. So um, nice. Yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah, everyone check out James, go to Kyle's site. We'll have links to both of those things in the show notes. So visit making movies is hard.com and check that stuff out. Yeah. Thanks, Timothy, for a great episode. And thank you, Kyle, for being on the show. And thanks, guys. Just sharing this experience with us, man. I mean, I think, you know, so valuable. Like, we'll probably want to have you on again in a couple of years just because you're sort of a few steps ahead of where we, we want to be. You know, mm-hmm. so like having you on and and hearing how it's going and your trials and tribulations, uh, you know, making your web series or whatever it ends up being. I think that'll be fascinating. Um, yeah, hopefully it's less than two years. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, I feel like I hear people talk about, oh, yeah, like, like, oh, we're going to have a movie made in, in a year. And then by in two years, we'll have three movies made. And I feel like, you know, <laughs> it just takes a long time. You know, yeah. Yeah, like even, yeah. even the most successful story could could span years and years and years so you know i just think it's a it's a tough 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 stuff yeah but um thanks everyone for listening if you like the show tell your friends about us spread the word or you can leave us a review on itunes or even just a star review not even have to write anything just some stars would be be wonderful um you can check out our website makingmoviesishard.com where you can subscribe subscribe to our show notes and share your thoughts on this episode and all the other episodes and you can shout us out on twitter at mmih podcast uh or send us an email at podcast at makingmoviesishard.com so that's it thanks everybody thanks again kyle and thank you guys thanks a lot have a wonderful week everybody